Hey folks, this is the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles podcast. My name is Santosh Uman. I'm your host here for the podcast. Today we have two amazing artists. I'm excited to have Anson and Benton Jew. How are you guys doing today? Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing? So, both you guys are storyboard artists now, and you have a long history in terms of working in the industry. Uh, Anson, where, where did you start, or how did it all begin in terms of your career as a storyboard artist? Um, you didn't actually start as a storyboard artist, right? No, I started off, well, professionally, I started off as uh, an animator. I mean, if you go f- even further back than that, I started off uh, working in magazines doing uh layouts and stuff like that but uh going going back even farther as kids we were always interested in storytelling so we both you know we would both uh give ourselves projects like uh uh comic books we do we do comic books and then we did thing did uh uh flip books and that moved on to doing films and you know stop motion animation and building all the models to, to it so we kind of got we learned the process of making things and especially things that tell stories and uh I eventually uh, went to college, uh, you know, kind of like, I was actually thinking more in terms of, oh, well, I'll work in newspapers, working in graphic design, you know, doing paste-ups and stuff like that. Uh, and I found out that, uh, well, I'm, I'm really not, uh, I'm not anal enough for the, uh, for the graphic design at the time, this is before computers. And uh, you know I could draw really well, but I wasn't I wasn't sure if I was up to snuff uh, professionally to to compete with all the other people uh, professionally. But um, I did end up going to uh, uh, Chico State, um, working as a, a doing um, working at the paper there and uh, working towards. Uh, uh, being a graphic designer, I found out I didn't like graphic, graphic design. Went into they changed their uh, a, a part of their program to include illustration. I said, okay, let's just go back to illustration and see if I could do that. And at the time, everybody thought that they were uh, they were going to be doing um, magazine illustrations, editorial mostly, right? Or yeah, you know, yeah, almost almost exclusively. And so um, I'd gotten through that. I was living in in Sacramento as a um, trying to trying to trying to get work in 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 uh, uh, illustration that way. I wasn't doing too well. I was getting a job, jobs here and there in advertising, um, working at a, um, a magazine. I was also part of a, a, a guild there that was uh, for illustrators. And my roommate was also a member of that. And um, I got a call f- from... Well, I get, we, there, was a, there was a common member of the guild who said, uh, hey, we're looking for... Uh, um, we're looking for people who can draw uh, over at LucasArts, which was in San Rafael. I was living at Sacramento at the time. And Benton had already been working at uh, uh, at ILM. And they said, well, LucasArts, it was called uh, Lucasfilm Games at the time. Uh, they needed they needed people who could draw. So they, we got called over for uh, interviews. And um, um, me and my roommate Larry Ahern ended up uh, working as animators uh, for LucasArts. So we did uh, 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 games for Indiana Jones and this was the heyday, of, like the big adventure games. Yes, yeah, so this is the big. Yeah. So, so I was there during the during pretty much the nineties, uh, doing um, adventure TV. games and whatnot. 
And meanwhile, my brother was across the parking lot working at ILM. How was that like, uh, Benton, having your brother kind of working in the same organization, but, you know, just like right I across the parking lot? I was kind of surprised. I, we, we, um, I, was doing, I was sitting in doing a uh, figure drawing class that was put on by ILM, and somebody mistaken, I had been working at ILM for about a year and a half or something, and then I, somebody called me Anson, which I hadn't heard in, nobody had called me Anson in years because I'd been living away and yeah. moved to San Rafael. Um, to, to work at ILM, but you know it was a similar situation with ants and, and in terms of you know we, we worked doing comp when we were kids doing comic books and making our little super eight movies. But so it was I went to, mostly collaborative, right? Both you guys, yeah, you yeah, know, would be just working on things together, right? Well, yeah, separate. he would like uh, when we were ki- kids, like I would do a I would do my kung fu comic, he would do his kung fu comic. Uh, so we you know each of us had a kung fu comic. I think remember years later we did a. Uh, I did. We had. Uh, we were making flip books. I did. Uh, I did a scene from King Kong that was um, uh, King Kong on top of the Empire State Building while he did uh, uh, King Kong fighting a snake. And uh, we did projects in Super Eight at the time. Uh, time uh, using our um, uh, our interest in Star Wars and Harryhausen and. Uh, and you know, hobbity type of stuff is as uh, kind of an inspiration. So did you did you end up going to a, a different school, right? As far as a... yeah, I went to the Academy Art College oh, in San Francisco. In San Francisco, yeah, yeah. and one of the one of the guests um, at a brown bag lunch that we had was when we didn't have an illustrator here come by and, and talk to the students during lunch was Stan Fleming, who was a storyboard artist on. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and a lot of other stuff. And I, after he'd given his talk, I showed him my portfolio, and a lot of the stuff was kind of reminiscent of old comic strip styles, which they, he liked. He was a big fan of Stan Drake and Leonard Star, and I was a big fan of Stan Drake and Leonard Star. And so we uh, had a conversation about that type of stuff because a lot of people didn't really like that stuff at that, that time, and so it was good for him to see somebody who actually appreciated that type of artwork. So we talked a lot about that. And he remembered me, and then my last year at the Art Academy, I get this call, um, or, well, the, the uh, head of the illustration department came in and said, yeah, somebody from uh, Lucasfilms wants, wants you to work on a project. And I was like, I don't know any of Lucasfilms, but oh, sure. <laughs> but I later found out, it was, well, that it was uh, Stan Fleming had been asked to work on, sh- on a show, but he was, he was busy, but he remembered me, and so he, he remembered that kid from... The Art Academy, and so he gave them my name, and so I went up. And I interviewed, and uh, I worked on a show called Body Wars, which was a it wasn't a movie, but it was, a, it was sort of like a ride, hmm. and it was um, you would fly inside the human body, and uh, that's when I got started. When they were sort of in the middle, midst of changing it into a full art department, and uh, they were hard, starting to hiring new people like Doug Chang and. And Ty Ellingson and all these people like that, and uh, Steve Beck was was the head of the art department at that time, and so I was hired on at ILM and worked on my first film, which was Ghostbusters Two. A lot did a lot of the early concept work on Ghostbusters Two, and a lot of films like uh, you know would come by through the art department. I put my hands in a little bit, you know, in those early days, like The Doors or Rocketeer or one of those shows like that, and they needed a hand to go in and do some storyboards or some concepts so I would do that so I ended up working there for 13 years and 
the magic number 13. Magic number 13. Um, I, I actually ha- I was loaned for a year to Lucasfilm. From, I was working at ILM doing uh, visual effects, um, art direction, and, and illustration. Um, so that's basically just the visual effects part of it. But um, when the new uh, sequels were, or prequels were coming out, uh, Phantom Menace, they asked me to ask if they could borrow me uh, for Lucasfilms at Jack Films to do storyboards for a Phantom Menace. So I was over there for about a year um, storyboarding that. And uh, so that was, that was uh, my experience doing stuff. My, my my first experience doing you know storyboards and things like that um, professionally. What was your most memorable experience at Lucas or ILM? Is there any experience oh, that really stands out? There's, there's <laughs> lots of them. I think for me, I think that being able to work on the prequels was was a was a big deal, and I think also because they were um, they were wanting to change the style of the action in there, and I was a Sort of, I was a big fan of Hong Kong martial arts at that time, mm-hmm. martial arts films, you know. Um, and um, so I was sort of like a, a resident expert there, recommending films that they should look at that might have an, an you know, interesting reference for them. And in fact, they even asked me, um, you know, could you list a few um, Hong Kong stunt coordinators who might be good to work on this film? And I, I gave them a few names of some famous. Hong Kong stunt coordinators. They didn't use any of them. Wu Ping. Yun Wu Ping. I mentioned Sammo Hung, uh, a few others. Uh, what's the other guy? The one who's also a director. I can't remember, I can't remember his name, but a, a lot of, about five or six of them. I gave, gave them a list. I, I don't think they ever used the list, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that they did contact Sammo Hung, but I don't know if he was interested. But, um, but yeah, no, we had, um, you know, Hong Kong films were a big a big thing that's sort of like a, um, one of the sequences that I was most known for was working on the Darth Maul sequence hmm. where he's fighting the Jedi and so I, I boarded that sequence out that was, that was a lot of fun well, for that, me that must have been a great experience yeah was, that was a blast so but the, the, at Island it was, it was right in the middle of a kind of a golden age of special effects and so you know I worked on a t- you know a lot of different shows that were, that were really groundbreaking in terms of visual effects you know. Mm. Um, you know, during that time digital was becoming the thing with uh, shows like The Abyss and things like that and Jurassic Park and all this other stuff and so there was an excitement going on when they were sort of making a transition from doing stuff that was um, you know model based as opposed to doing 3D based and the technology was getting better and better and better so it was a, it was a great time to be there it really was a golden age and kind of set, set the groundwork for what's going on right now. Hmm. And some any memorable experiences at uh, LucasArts that you uh, care to share that kind of, you were there for how long were you? I was there for like uh, t- about 10 years. 10 years, wow. And I remember one of the first projects I worked on was something that they were really trying to trying to push uh, LucasArts. You know, they, they had previously been doing like a lot of Indiana Jones games and yeah. stuff like that, but they had also started off with Monkey Island, they wanted to do some more of their own projects. So one science fiction one that they started off was called The Dig, which eventually did get made. But but originally the idea had come from um, had come from a Steven Spielberg idea, something he wanted to do for a movie. Hmm. 
but did not have the money to do, and so it was just too big. But they thought, okay, let's use, take the, the bones of this and make a, uh, a video game. So the whole idea was based on um, Forbidden Planet versus uh, Forbidden Planet meets uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. So it took place in um, in in space, uh, and you were supposed to find an archaeological dig of you know all this. Uh, alien stuff that happened and we end up with some great illustration uh, uh, that were designed by uh, uh, of creatures and that were designed by people like uh, Terrell Whitlatch, oh, yeah. Ian McCaig, uh, Ken Macklin, um, all these people were, were designing amazing stuff for this game but the va- game never really got off the ground. We were working, working on it for, for, for the good part of a year but I think... Uh, that that game, if if you know your your video game history, got, probably got started and stopped, you know, like four or five times, because um, each per- person who took it on, kind of like maybe they were just intimidated. I think maybe by the enormity of this whole thing, all oh, this was a Steve Spielberg right. idea, and they couldn't get it together. So I was like a lead animator, and it's, it's like I got a team of animators here. And I got to keep busy, and they don't and they don't have anything. They don't have anything so for me to do. Have, on it for a while. I was on I, I was on it. Uh, you know, they I would. Beyond that game, game for a while. That 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 game got canceled after about a year. I worked on some other things. Worked on Full Throttle. Worked on some other things, and various other games. And then another version would come up. And I think I worked on two of the versions uh, that um, that eventually got uh, uh, the first one that didn't get made, and then the final one that, that did get made. I did have a little bit of stuff that still got left over from that. But um, um, so I mean, that's that's kind of the history of the dig there. Um, and uh, Terrell Whitlatch and Ian McKegg, they they were fairly new to ILM at that time, I think, right? They were or, at ILM, and they were kind of like uh, loaning their skills over to to, to, to LucasArts, or it was called, as it was called, Lucasfilm Games at that time. Yeah, yeah. So they had designed these kind of characters that were like uh, kind of similar to Tharks. Hmm. So so it was the whole uh, conceit behind the game was that you find this lost civilization of you know six limbed creatures. And uh, those were Terrell's designs, mostly of uh, six limbed creatures. And then basically, you had to find out what happened to this uh, race of people. And you run, you had to run their machinery. But the machinery is designed for six limbed creatures. And you, as a human, you've only got yeah. four. <laughs> so, you, so it was a kind of a. I think the idea was to get a kind of cooperation game. But it never. Great idea, but it never really got off of its feet. They couldn't figure out puzzles or anything like that we got we we made a lot of made, made a lot of uh designs and uh drew a lot of characters but not a lot of puzzles so it was one of the things that i enjoyed the most about working at this film i mean um he's mentioned to me before like Terrell whitlatch and ian mccaig and those people and they those people eventually would come over to ilm and, and work on projects so i had I, I had the you know fortunate enough to sit right next to Terrell. And learn from her, or Ian was sitting right next to me, and I would sit there and, and talk shop with him. Or uh, Craig Mullins was another guy who showed me a lot of stuff. So you're there with some of the best people in, in business, and you're learning a lot from them. So um, it's one of the things I enjoyed most about working uh, with with ILM and and you know, Lucasfilms and things like that. Stuff. The, the tremendous amount of talent that you could actually learn from. Yeah, yeah so, I was lucky. Enough. I worked. Uh, I worked alongside uh, uh, Ken Macklin, Leela Dowling, uh, Brent Anderson. Those guys were all uh, Lucas Lucas Arts employees at one time or another. And they're 
storyboards and, uh, and concept a- actually, artists? Actually, most or? of us were doing a- animation or concept art. Hmm. Yeah. And after your stay at Benton, after your stay at ILM, where were you off to next? Uh, I went straight to L.A. and I um, started looking for work there. And so the first project I worked on when I moved to Los Angeles was Terminator 3. And that, fortunately, that first project that I worked on, outside of a couple of commercials, was, was the one that got me into the union. Hmm. And so, which was a, which was a big deal, because sometimes everyone, it's, wants it's very, everyone wants to get into the union, and it's, it can be really difficult. You just, you just have to look out and get on the right show at the right time. And so, um, so I, I ended up uh, working on that um, project with uh, Jonathan Moscow, you know, directing it, and then that led to more work later on Bad Boys 2, I think was the second show that I worked on, and and then I think I worked a little bit on an early version of Sahara, a few, a few shows Matthew like M- that. Matthew McConaughey, I think, right? Sahara? That yeah, the, yeah, that was originally, they had a different direct, they changed directors mid-show, so everything that I did was thrown out, but it happens in the business a lot, you yeah. work on a film and then they change directors and they get, you know, you start over. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, working on films here, it was a little bit different than working on doing visual effects, art direction or visual effects storyboards or concept art up north because visual effects are concentrating mainly on the look of things. On, you know, you you have, when you're working on the boards in production here, you're actually thinking about the actual story and, and telling a story, which I find a lot more appealing than than just the look and, and doing boards that are based on, well, what does, the, what does the plate look like, you know, and putting it in the right place and making it exactly the way it should look. But this was more about actually telling story. So I was much more into doing that. And I didn't necessarily have to work in some, on something in the fantasy genre, which, you know, um, which was, which was uh, a delight because it's like, you know, I want to work on a variety of things. I want to work on a horror movie, or a, or just a drama, or you know, whatever, or police drama, whatever it is. There, there's that available to you as well. So, you know, or, or a chase scene, or something that's more stunt driven, or something that's more fight driven, or whatever it is. Um, so it's a lot different than just. I like doing visual effects art direction, but 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 uh, but you know, I think this whole storytelling thing just comes from my comp my comic book background and it's a lot more fun to do that look at break down the script and look you know how, how are we going to make this dramatic looking whatnot and, and and working with the director you, you know I work more directly with the director than I would if I was working at ILM you know working with the director every day so um, that made it a lot more interesting more fun so did you consciously leave ILM, did the department shrink? What was the whole... The department shrunk by half, so it was like, well, I guess it's time to move on to greener pastures. And, uh, you know, I actually had been talking about moving to L.A. You know, some, some friends who had been from L.A., and they came up to work on some projects out and said, Benton, you gotta, you gotta come down here. There's plenty of work to do, and they pay better down here. <laughs> and so I said, well, okay, maybe I'll start looking at that. So... Um, so I did, and, and I, I talked to some people down here, tried to you know, get to know more people here yeah. and get my name around and tell them, hey, I'm in, I'm in town, I'm, a, I'm an option if you, if you need me on a show. And that's how I ended up getting on Terminator 3. And so, so that was, I moved here on uh, 9-11, actually. Hmm. So I've been um, 
working on you know the union films since then and Anson when did you make the jump or when did you follow yeah I, I, follow, I followed him about uh, about a year later this is about uh, 2002 uh, Lucas Arts also shrank and I stayed here trying to get work doing like uh, flash animation a lot of, that was kind of the big thing at, at, the, at the time oh, yeah, yeah. and I did a few of those things and I got a, did a few you know, like commercial gigs, but it was really pretty much dry in the Bay Area. Like, if you were doing commercials, all all the commercials were for um, the uh, for uh, high tech companies, which were dropping dead left and right. So mm-hmm. I followed him to uh, to uh, L.A. He, I, actually, uh, I'd worked actually from from Marin County. I was uh, I was still there, but um, I had uh, uh, one gig for uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, which was oh, yeah. uh, had originally started off as a Kerry small Con- Conrad, Kerry Conrad thing, which was originally started off as a small indie film, but it just c- kind of got big. And uh, as you know, more people saw the short that it was uh, uh, based on. But I was I, I worked on on that gig for you know a good part of a year out of uh, Nevada, California. And then I got another gig working on a film that never got made called John Doe, but figured, okay, like there's two nice gigs from L.A. and Ben's staying busy, so I just followed him, you know, about a year later. And so ever since then, I've been working on various gigs, a lot of commercials. Uh, It took me a little longer to to find a gig that would actually get me into the union, but I recently got into the union. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty much storyboards ever since. So... You guys both had this love of comics. Did you think that that was going to interplay in terms of your career as far as storyboard artists? Did did you see sort of the connection between comics and storyboards? And that's why you sort of felt like more I comfortable? Thought, I, you know, I really wanted to do comics really bad when I was growing up. and I, but, but the storyboarding thing was a lot more stable. It paid better. Uh, but, you know... I figured the story, the comic book thing was something that I could do on the side if I, if I found the time to, and I, I did do a lot of, you know, little small one shots here and there, um, uh, and I did some stuff for Marvel. I did a, a, a Wolverine story and a and an early She Hulk story, um, and I've done a few, you know, uh, small like little short story things here and there, but. Um, is that on your website or any of that stuff on your website like the the Wolverine comic or the there, sheer... there might be a few pages on I have a DeviantArt page and I think also there's also might be some of the stuff on my Instagram but um, I'll probably put some more of those up but but yeah com, I, but you know when I have time I, mean, I, I have an artist alley booth and I, I sell some of my own self-published stuff just for the fun of it just to keep my hand up in, but it's how, I have other you know, co-workers or, or fellow storyboarders who are able to do both. Guys like Gabe Hardman, who seems to be able to do tons of comics and tons of storyboards, and, and is able to juggle them both. I just can't do that. I don't, I, he's younger, so he's got a lot more energy than I do. But, but you know, when I have the, if when I have the time and opportunity to do comics, you know, uh, if it seems like there's a big hole in terms of work, I'll do it. Or if it's if it's a long deadline type of thing where I can work on it and then. Um, do my regular work and then you know do it at night or on the weekends or something then you know if, if the timing is flexible then then I can do it but but mostly I'm trying to keep my my, my nose in the in the, the movie storyboards because you know, that's the real job so yeah Anson so you were animating before 
and you also read comics mm -hmm. as a younger kid. Is that kind of what drew you into storyboarding? Just because you felt yeah, I kind drew of... I drew comics as a uh, as a as a kid, and then you know even as an as an adult while I was working at uh, Lucas as an animator, I'd always kept my interest in comics, and I actually published two 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 issues of a, of, uh, a comic that I. I uh, did called Saturday Night. I won a Zurich grant to do the first issue. Oh, awesome! And then you know did the second issue. You know the, the year afterwards, and uh, that was the same year I got uh, laid off at, at at Lucas. So it's okay. It's like okay, now now what am I going to do? So uh, I don't think comics was really a, a serious professional option. So that's, I started looking around at things. So that's why I got into the. Uh, Animation in terms of flash, but it really just seemed to make more sense to do to do storyboarding. Benton was doing well on it, and you know, I would occasionally get you know gigs doing commercials, doing storyboards, and it just seems much more reasonable. The pay is better, everything. Hmm. So, yeah. Benton, what was one of the most challenging uh, films that you worked on, as far as in terms of uh, boarding? Challenging? You mean, is it hard or? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, complications or anything in terms of maybe the environment. It could be the actual work where it's like, oh my god, this is a ton of work to do in oh, a short gosh. amount of time. You know, well, it's probably all of them. There's all, <laughs> you know, everyone has everyone has their own. Uh, their, its own challenges. Sometimes, it, you know, um, the director doesn't know, necessarily know what they want, or or sometimes it's 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 you know things. Things change yeah. on, on things a lot. I don't know. I it's hard to say which ones are, are really the, the tough ones. I try to think of the ones that are that were more better experiences. I do feel bad. There was one project that I that I worked on, which I, was actually a really good experience. It's probably one of the. It was a project that I was working on with Dean Dubois, who did the director of How to Train Your Dragon. How to Train Your Dragon, yeah. and um, it's probably one of the best uh, family scripts that I'd ever read. And I worked really hard on it. Thought you know, some of my, the best storyboards that I'd, I'd done at that time, and then the show never got made. So that was probably what I would say was one of the most heartbreaking things when you you put your your heart all soul, into something yeah. and then and then it never happens. But I was really looking forward to well when uh, actually being made, and, and and I guess it's been put on the shelf for now. Hmm. But, and that but was a live action. That was going to be his his first live action debut, and this is before he did How to Train Your Dragon. Huh. He, you know, his only credits at that point were, were, were for Lilo you know, and Stitch. As a director, was for Lilo and Stitch. So it was, was going to be his live action debut. They did a few tests here and there, um, and we did a, a buttload of storyboards on it and animatics. But um, in the end, um, it just didn't. You know, they canceled the project. So it was it was kind of heartbreaking, but but it still was a good experience. It was a good, yeah. it was a good experience. Dean is awesome to work with. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. Um, he draws way better than me, so it's like wow. We want me to draw this stuff stuff for you. It's <laughs> twice as fast. It's twice as good himself. But you know he's he's got you know great storytelling instincts and he's fun to work with and really easygoing. So it was a pleasure working with him. I'd love to. I'd work with him again in a heartbeat. But uh, you know, but then again. You, Lots of jobs you work on, and they just disappear. Yeah, Anson, uh, an experience that you had that was maybe incredibly overwhelming, or the, a, ch a challenge that may have been, you know, exciting and interesting. Well, I did but... work on this one film that was a uh, that was this was a a pitch for a for a Will Smith film, and uh, basically he wanted the entire film 
uh, storyboard, which is a little unusual. Usually, usually if uh, uh, someone's doing a kind of, it wasn't a special effects film or, or anything, uh, but he wanted the entire thing uh, boarded from top to bottom. And uh, I ended up probably boarding about three quarters of the entire movie. Uh, How many board what, artists were on there? That? Was, there were two. I thought, you know, I, I kept on hearing that they're, they're, they're going to add another storyboard artist, and uh, it never seemed to happen. <laughs> but uh, uh, um, uh, there was one other artist who kind of, kind of came in and did some stuff at the beginning of, of the of the movie for the for the beginning of the movie. But I kind of I probably did probably a good three quarters of the, the entire movie by myself. And it was it was actually kind of challenging, not because it was a well, because it was it, even though it's a science fiction movie, it's a uh, it's not something with a lot of special effects. It's mostly people talking, and sometimes those can be the hardest scenes to to make interesting. Yeah, you know, people talking at a table uh, and just trying trying to visually make that a little bit more interesting. So it was just me, and uh, we're trying to get a lot done in a very short short, short amount of time. Hmm. You know. Uh, well, you know, a lot, a lot done for one person to be doing. What was your experience like on uh, uh, Wolverine and uh, X Men? Wolverine and the X Men, yeah, that was a, that was an interesting, interesting gig. I, I read the script. I wasn't crazy about the the, the script. It had had some kind of uh, tired old uh, Asian tropes in it that, that I wasn't real appreciative of. But I thought, you know, I'd have fun with the script, and. Uh, you know, treat it as if it was more like a, maybe uh, in in more of a fun way. I was actually thinking of the way that um, uh, Tarantino treated uh, his, the Hong Kong sequences in in uh, Kill, Kill Bill, Bill yeah. where where you're doing it in kind of a tacky way. Because I thought I thought the way they were they treated the characters was kind of tacky. So I I, I threw in a lot of stuff where there was, uh, you know, uh, people making these kind of. Um, you insolent, insolent gaijin, and then it would be, be you know like a, a a smash zoom into the guy's face, the type of things you'd see in cheesy kung fu. I, basically, it was making it a cheesy kung fu movie, and I looked at a lot of cheesy kung fu movies to kind of get visual inspiration, and and it was from that I was able to just do go kind of go crazy with the 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 camera angles and and directing and stuff like that. It was <laughs> a it was a it was an interesting uh, process. I think people were happy with the way it eventually came out. I tried to. I, I used a lot. I, I looked at a lot of samurai, uh, samurai movies, and uh, a lot of anime just to get uh, an idea of how to do like a, a good uh, fight scene in animation. And uh, ultimately, it was a fun project to do. Um, there were you know, just interesting things. People, I didn't. I didn't really understand how they thought they were going to get across because there was a lot of people getting slashed up with knives and stuff like that and saying, oh, look, this is, that, this is, this is not going to go through and it actually got, that episode actually got banned in England. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, uh, people just getting sliced up with some, I mean, you, you got to fight with samurai, be, sword, yeah. samurai swords. You're not going to, you're not going to, I was, I was thinking I was doing a kid's, a kid's cartoon, so I tried to make uh, the slicing happen off screen when I could, but, you know, uh, and you, you've also, I mean, you, you worked on movies, but you've also worked in storyboard previs yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Third so, Floor was one that you had seen. Yeah, I've, I've done a lot there. of work with them over the years. So um, not some of those projects have not come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So but, you can't really talk about them. So I, you know, I can't actually 
can't talk to them, talk, talk about them. And you know, I worked on one recently that I can't talk about. But but you know, I did do a few projects with with the third floor in in previs. They did that came out. Um, Max Steel. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I worked on the TV Warcraft. show. Believe it or not, way back in the early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's fun too because you're 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 kind of doing it's it's like you know storyboards on on steroids a little bit because you're you know, in traditional storyboards you're you know, you're hitting the main action points, but in this one in 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 animatics you know that the, they're probably going to use they're it. it they're they're making animatics out of it, and so you want to make sure that all the action can be translated. It's almost like you're doing animation. Yeah, which is sort of like how animation storyboards are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's basically yeah, it's basically taking the, the aesthetic that, you, that that goes with doing the an, animation uh, animatics and applying them to live action movies, and that can be challenging sometimes because your your drawings really have to be on. You can't you can't fake stuff. You, you can't fake stuff with arrows and stuff, or get away from drawing. By, by by sticking arrows, you got to draw them all. <laughs> so Benton, you also going on the Marvel theme. You you worked on a, a couple of films as well. The Incredible Hulk being one of them. How was your experience? Yeah, I've actually worked on three different versions of the Hulk. When I was at ILM, I worked on an early version uh, that was directed by Jonathan Hensley. I think they were a little bit in over their heads. Oh, the first point. test, right? That they did. Well, right there right? was a film that was that was going to be made, and it just it didn't it didn't happen. It, it, I think it was a bit too ambitious for the visual effects at the time. And, then and I, that was in... That was in 97 or something. And then a few years later, Ang Lee's version yeah, came yeah. out. So I did um, I did some concept work for that. Um, at that time, I guess, you know... Yeah, Ang, Ang Lee was just starting. That's just about when I was leaving ILM. But um, who was it? Was attached an actor who played uh, the big blue guy in Watchmen. What's his name? Uh, I forgot his name. Anyways, he was he was attached to the film, but uh, eventually they they got uh, the one who was currently in it, and so I uh, worked on that. And then I worked dude storyboards in Toronto on the um, the Lou Leterrier version, hmm. um, which was slightly different. That was. Uh, Actually written, and that was written by um, the star of the film. And so I worked on Edward, three versions. Edward Norton. Edward Norton yeah. wrote it, and then you know I worked on Logan. And how was that experience it, in terms of working with the, the director James Mangold? Because mostly in storyboarding, you are interfacing with or connecting with the director in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it was it was it was great working with that. I, I worked I was working on it for just a short amount of time. I come kind of came in towards the end to kind of help um, you know uh, finish off some stuff that was that needed to get done. Uh, and I was working with uh, Mark Vina and Gabe Hardman. And those guys had worked on already had worked on it for months and months and months and I came in on towards the end to work on a sequence with Professor Professor X in it, and and Logan, and um, I, I did. I must have done the exact same sequence like uh, ten different ways. <clears throat> I mean, it was really, it was, it was really, um, it was really interesting. Was, a lot of a lot of the change rubrics were based on location. Oh, is it going to be upstairs? Is it going to be downstairs? Are they going to, you know, are they going to kill them on the stairs? Are they kill? Are, they, are you going to meet the the other, you know, the other Logan downstairs in the, you know. So I, 
I did the whole that whole sequence several different times, but it was, it was a, a fun sequence. So. You worked on Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see that as how's that experience? I, I uh, was that was fun. We knew I when you work on a movie that you know is going to be good, you get it's kind of exciting. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, it was. Really I had well I had that feeling when I was working on Logan. I knew that was going to be a good movie. So did you read script. the script before? Yeah, you always yeah, read the script yeah. before. And, um, you're not given a couple of pages sometimes. You're, I mean, you're well, actually, I have, I have been in situations where they do that, which seems ridiculous for a storyboard artist not to have full access to To understand how everything fits because, together. Because, I mean, that's what you, I mean, in the early days when I started doing storyboards, they just give you a script, and I would, I would take notes and put little notations and little doodles inside the, the script so I know what I'm doing. And sometimes the way that they do scripts now, everything's so secretive. Um, but I, you can't be secretive to people who are working on the film. I mean, you sign a non-disclosure yeah. agreement. So, yeah. so um, for those who don't, who don't know, um, a lot of a lot of, for a lot of projects in the storyboards, they won't give you a paper copy of the script. You have to read it online. <clears throat> You'll often be protected. It'll be some kind of well, protected thing where you, like you look at it for for ten minutes, and if you it, uh, and it'll go dark if you don't you know change the page or do something. Move, move the cursor or something like that it'll go dark and you have to sign in again just to start keep on reading it and it's you can't you can't write notes on a um, on a uh, on a on an online script like you can on a piece of paper you can't do little doodles and stuff like that unless you do a screen grab right which <coughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to do legally yeah so uh, it's become real tough for a storyboard artist since it's gotten very very secretive so both you guys and um Anson, you, I'm looking at your, your credits here, and you work on films and TV. What's your experience like working on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then, you know, jumping on a, a big feature film? Do you find like that you like both in terms of the, 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 the pacing of, oh, we need the boards, like yesterday versus feature? It's like you got a little bit more time. What's your experience with you Yeah, know, definitely, definitely in, you know, whether you're talking about commercials or you're talking about uh, TV shows, TV... They, they want a lot of work from you very, very fast. And I tend to like to think about my shots before I, before I put them in. And uh, so, I, so I do tend to, to, to gravitate more towards uh, uh, feature films in, in that way. Um, but, you know, they, I mean, if, if you've been doing this long enough, there's, there's, uh, there are ways to get, get past, you know, the fact that you have to do a whole bunch of boards. You know, yeah. In the case of, I think a lot of, uh, storyboard artists I know who work on TV, you know, they'll just work on really, really small boards of print, like, like 30, 30 panels to a page, and then just kind of scribble the best drawings that they can do, can do, and then just blow them up or something like that. Because it's uh, usually the demands of uh, of a TV deadline and the amount of work that they want is just it's 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 just you know backbreaking. Whatever. Uh, and your experience with TV, I mean, are you collaborating with? Other board artists at all, or oftentimes it's you and here's you know, the director uh, giving you stuff. A few times that I've worked in TV, generally they've had me work from home by myself. So yeah. I've not had a lot of interaction on the TV shows that I've worked on. I've worked on a few things uh, this year, and they're they're you know they're kind of quick in, quick out. You know, you work on it for a week or two, and then you're gone. Um, which is you know yeah, it's a little bit different. They have a smaller budget than uh, than movies, but you know I think they're I think they're fun to do. I've worked on a, on a few interesting things. Most of what I've done for for TV though has been more like um, prop type illustrations. I did a, I did one for Parks and Recreation. I think that was sort of famous. It was uh, 
April Lidgate um, uh, beheading the uh, the Black Eyed Peas, and she's in a warrior outfit. And then you know her boyfriend, what's his name, Chris Pratt, Platt's character, he was just as our barbarian. And, um, they had that blown up into a big poster, and it was it was part of the it was part of the show, and it's kind of cool to see that. Or also, I did a a, a big prop of a. Uh, a painting of uh, O.J. Simpson, but I ch- changed all the fa- faces to to put uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s face on it and and make it look like a, a you know a '80s era painting. Hmm. And so um, things like that, or, or I did I did a few drawings where there was supposed to be kind of it was for a CSI, um, and they had was it CSI one of those shows like that and. They had all these drawings that were supposed to be kind of um, Dante's Inferno type of drawings. Wow! And so, and they all, they're all, all the drawings were supposed to represent you know, a different sin or something like that, gluttony or lust or whatever. And so, that was fun. So stuff like that, oh, I did a lot of uh, on TV. So, so the big question: huge hit, Wonder Woman, amazing film. How did you guys get connected to this project? Um, I, I got a call to do. I, I got a call to do uh, this uh, project, which they were calling Nightingale at the time, and um, it was actually this was actually for a pitch that uh, Patty was competing against another director, mm-hmm. and so they had to come up with you know some pitches, and she called um, on a Friday afternoon, and we had a. A late night meeting with her in a, a diner in Santa Monica, and had a, a meeting with her then. And she was so it was the, it was the two of you, the two of us, because she's awesome. like, well, I can't do this, <clears throat> on, do this whole pitch by myself. And the other person I get this late was my brother, so I got him. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got him. We pulled him, we pulled him by, in by, by proximity of time, right? It's like, yeah, okay. we just okay, grab him. <laughs> here he is, here he is, and, uh, and we got we, so we got two people now, and she's got she has to fly out on Monday. And so we're here having a meeting with her on Friday night, and you know, and then you know, leaving the leaving the diner at midnight, and uh, so we had to scramble and get as many boards as done as we could, and then, um, and then um, have the the ready for her on Monday. And, and she was pitching to she was Warner Brothers. Warner right? Brothers, yeah. right? She and um, the other director. She was a director on uh, on Game of Thrones. Hmm. And um, she didn't. She didn't. She didn't get the job at that particular time. But she, but um, um, they went with the other director for a few months, and then it didn't work out with them. And so they called her back and said, "We like. We kind of liked what you did before. So can we kind of go back in that direction?" And and then she called us back and said, "Okay, well, you guys are back on it." So uh, we worked with her early, on the early going of that of of that. Uh, a lot of the scenes. I think I changed, or were, were you know, an early part of the script, and so both me and Anson did some boards, boards from home for that, and then towards the end they did some additional sh- shooting, and then I got a call from Patty, and they asked me to come to London for a few weeks uh, to do some additional footage of the end sequence, and um, so I went to London and and worked over there for a little bit, so it was fun. Awesome. Got to see London. Yeah. Anson, tell us your experience about working on the project. Well, like like he, like Benton said, uh, um, he kind of called me in, and uh, um, 
again, was um, Patty referred to you guys or referred to you by? I think it was there might have been another board artist who had asked and he couldn't he couldn't do it, and so um, so recommended me. And then, but because of the late time, I was like, well, I could get I could get Anson to come this late, but it's hard to ask anyone else. That's fine. And, and it was just a pitch at that point. Yeah. So you experienced yeah. So from the you know we, yeah from working on the pitch, working on the pitch, you know was was interesting. She had some interesting ideas on on her um, her take on the character. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do do remember saying her saying was that uh, she thought that um, of all the you know of all the DC characters, she just thought that Wonder Woman was probably one of the most dangerous because she's like a warrior and she's she kind of. Um, she didn't. She, have, she didn't. Yeah, she didn't have the the thing where you have to. She is okay to kill people, whereas Superman and Batman both have a thing against killing. Man, right. but she doesn't. Right. She has a different. She has a. She works under uh, under a different code. So that was that was kind of her idea, um, at the time. Um, we did uh, we did a bunch of uh, we did a bunch of sketches. I mean, there were things were different than than the final movie. We did. Um, you know, it was a completely of, different take. It was, it was a completely different take. There was uh, uh, World War II stuff. The World War One stuff came later. Um, eventually, when we actually started doing the boards, we, the the script had been half written. Uh, basically, we got we had the script for Patty Jenkins wrote it with somebody else. No, there was there were several different writer. writers, and the version we got, the script that we got, was basically the first half of the movie, which is basically the origin story. So um, I worked on a version of the origin story that was a little bit more of the traditional, um, the, the traditional origin story where she goes into an arena combat. But uh, but you know, uh, seeing the final movie, you can see that basically the same material was just kind of like reduced and put into a, um, a less formal context. You know, it was it's more of a training sequence. So, you know, in all the commercials where you see, say, oh, she has the other Amazon screaming at her that uh, you think the you think the fights are going to be fair. They're not going to be fair. And that be, that was basically a scene I drew. The only difference was it was in an arena when I drew it. Hmm. And uh, you know, a few other things where it was essentially the same scene. They just changed locations. So I did I did a bunch of scenes that were in, in North Africa, and they they just essentially moved. I uh, moved them to um, to England. I think I think the, the the focus shifted a little bit. There was a, there, uh, I drew drew some scenes in a Berber camp, hmm. and I think they were talk, they were sh- talking about you know the separation of men and women, and, and I think it became somewhere along the line in, in the development of the script it came became more of a uh, a war movie. So they, they instead of showing like uh, the, the separation of men and women, they sh- showed. Uh, uh, you know the horrors of war. You know people coming in uh, in London. Um, th- again, this is just my take on what's happening. I don't know the actual uh, Patty Patty's actual thought process on that, but that's just my take on it. Um, and uh, it was is a we, again we were working from home, so uh, it was pretty hands off affair, at least on my part. And did you guys think like after the pitch had basically been done, and the other woman? Um, the Game of Thrones director had one. Did you guys think it was over? Not yeah, pretty much. Said, okay, we're not going to hear from her again. It was a nice shot, but oh well. And then when she called back, yeah. I, when did she call back? How many months later, or how uh, long? Oh, I don't know. Maybe five months. I, I might. I might have tried to drop her, 
drop an email in once in a while to say, so what's going on? Is it happening or what? <laughs> and then, uh, but then she, we found out, oh yeah, well it's not happening um, with Patty. They'll have this other director, and then she got another e email from her, and then um, said, C come on, we'll have a meeting, and and you know they set us up, and we did some storyboards, but. Um, and, and a lot of stuff I did, you know, I did a lot of some some of the variations, some variations on Steve Trevor's rescue. I did some a few more early scenes of, of Diane as a child when she's and she's chasing down a leopard and 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 some deer and stuff like that. And it's a sequence where you know that would have been kind of cool to see her speed. <laughs> yeah, she's, you see her speed, and she's she's basically running with it uh, with a, a leopard and 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 the deer and the. They fall off of a uh, they fall off of a mountain and and the, you know the the deer dies and stuff like that and so it was it was but um, yeah it was interesting so I did that in, in the Steve Trevor sequence which was which was played a little bit differently there was a there was a secondary character that was in there that that they didn't put in the final film sort of a, a younger person who was with her sort of like. A, um, so, you know, it changed a little bit. But, uh, and but then, that's, that's pretty typical for movies anyway, you know. They, they, they change drastically throughout the process, you know. That's, yeah, that's, you, may, you may not even see your board work as it appears on the screen. It may be completely different, right? It might be completely I mean, different. Even in the late sequence, uh, this is why I, when I went to London to do some of the additional photography, you know, I did some scenes which I, were real late in the game. You know, they were re revamping the whole end sequence with um, Ares and um, uh, yeah it, it, a lot of that changed so um, and then there was going to be another uh, post uh, there's a post um, credit sequence that got cut out things like that hmm. so besides doing storyboarding both of you guys do comics that's sort of a personal love mm -hmm. uh Benton, what what's some of the projects that you're working on now for your own personal um, stories? Well, right, personal stories. I did I did a, a comic last year called The Gulagat, which was a story that takes place during uh, the uh, in the 16th century uh, America during the you know Salem witch thing. Uh, but but this year I have a new book coming out. It's, it's gonna it's it's an art book, hmm. so this is my own little, it's my own little um, self-published thing. It's you know, the, I'm just going to call it the art of Benton Jew, um, the um, old school. Old school. So it'll be a collection of some of my some of my artwork that I've done over the years. And, and you have some tutorials on how you approach some, work, some, right? Some tutorial just about my thought processes going through a bunch of the stuff. A lot of it was stuff that I did for the souvenir book for Comic Con and. Um, so a lot of it is just using those as examples for me to kind of show how you put um, a, a picture together. You know, all, you know, breaking down all the pieces um, when you're making a thing and things you change your mind on or discoveries you're going through. So, and both of you guys work digitally, right? I mean, as mm -hmm. far as yeah. storyboards and comics, you're just primarily yeah, slowly, Photoshop. You know, or... Slowly we just let, like make the, that transition. Right. And you you just you just get used to it. So the joys of the undo button. I think, <laughs> I think that uh, that was a key thing for me because I, I as a as a young artist I I struggled a lot with the medium. You know, erasing stuff. You know, I just like 
uh, erase the paper down to the bare threads, and now I've got an undo button, and I, it feels so much nicer. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, painting was really hard for me when I was going to art school, working in acrylic, because I was a really sloppy person, and so I always make a always make a huge mess. And thank God for Photoshop and stuff like that. I can actually paint and do some experimentation and undo things like that. So it's it's been a, a huge blessing to be able to do stuff on the computer, at least in terms of paint. I still like working with regular pencil and, and pen, but um, but you know I, I, it's getting closer and closer to you know a close uh, simulated experience of, of drawing a pencil and oh, yeah. brush. They're getting closer and closer. So. The iPad is just becoming so nice. I mean, in terms of the the mm -hmm. brushing, you know, painting with the side of the pen, it's just and the charcoal feeling of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And some personal projects. What what are you working on these days in terms of your own work, comics or you know, illustration? Is there anything that um, you're? I, I I don't have any specific projects. To, I have uh I like I said I did a, I did a comic call, I did a two issues of a comic a long time ago called Saturday Night and I'm um, I'm always thinking of things that I can make stories that that that. that book was kind of like a it could be comparable to Adrian Tamina's type work oh know, yeah it's kind of realistic is that the one you got the Zero for it before now, now it's gone <laughs> yeah and now I've got a, I've gotten I, uh, I've had a kind of a build up of stories that I thought would be nice nice to tell in that format mm -hmm. so it may or may not happen I have you know I have some interesting stories that I want to tell about well, just things about my last name. Uh, I, have a, I have a story that I want to tell about that. I have a, uh, a story about a, a mock election that I had when I was in the third grade. Things like that. But whether or not this actually comes to fruition, I don't know. So we have some questions about uh, storyboarding from me and then some other people. Um, live action storyboarding. Mm -hmm. How did you guys break in as far as the first job that you had? Um, I actually, a lot of the, I had met a lot of the LA storyboard artists when I was working at ILM. Oh, so the, they, they had hired some of them freelance, so I got to know them a little bit, and I said, yeah, I bet if you ever come down, down to LA, look us up, and, um, you know, if we hear anything where they're looking for, for, for work, we'll let you know. And so when... I left ILM, I went to L.A., came, came to L.A. and decided to look for work, go, going on interviews and stuff like that. And um, Just contacting your old friends. Just con and, yeah. I contact my old friends and and just, you know, let people know that I'm there. And, I mean, the main thing is to be able to get your name out there Yeah. Um, when, you're in a, when you're in a new town. So um, just get your name as far and wide as you can. Go to as many places where you could show your portfolio. I went to my portfolio, DreamWorks, and wherever. And um, if you hear, and if somebody's, oh yeah, there's a show happening, and they're looking for somebody to do, you know, whatever creatures, make sure you're you're, you're there with your book. So, um, so I met a lot of I met a lot of people, and there it was. So, Anson, you, was your experience sort of the same? Just sort of, yeah, it was very connecting very with very people. Similar. I mean, I did start off, you know, uh, at LucasArts doing animation, but. Um, most of my reputation has been uh, for doing realistic artwork more than yeah. it was uh, doing animation style artwork. So uh, most of the work I, I got was live action. Although you know, I did dip back into my animation uh, uh, roots with you know things like uh, Wolverine and uh, some uh, animated 
uh, projects that I worked on later, but um, like Scooby Doo and Teen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But uh, uh, yeah, mostly mostly it's just uh, that was mostly what was in my portfolio live action friendly work. And getting into the union, you you got in fairly mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. It took you a little bit more it took time. Me a little bit longer. I had some close calls. Actually, the first project, one of you know, the first feature film I worked on, uh, Sky Captain, probably would have been could have been my ticket in. But I think there was a there's this period where you, period of time before the movie is released and uh, uh, the time that you worked on it. There was a big gap in that movie because they rethought it at, some, at one point. So I worked on a whole bunch of stories for, for I have storyboards for about half for about half of the movie and then there was like a year gap almost a year gap before they started uh, started uh, um, working on it again and uh, and then finally releasing the movie so there's so that gap was a bit of a problem for the union, right? Yeah, you had to have worked on it within a certain amount, of, a certain yeah. period of time, and uh, uh, they kind of rethought the movie. So there's this, so even though I worked on that movie and the movie did come out, uh, I think the gap was too long to, to for the amount of work that I had done. Even though I had worked on it for like about eight months, um, the last month or so, month and a half or something that I needed to get on there was like you know too far from the time that they finally finished the movie. So it could be hours, so you had to get maybe a certain amount of hours, and then recommendations. I've heard recommendations from a director or somebody else kind of sponsoring you. It's main, right? The main thing is that you, you work on a movie that's about to go union or whatever, okay. and you build a relationship with some type of director or something, producer or whatever, and, and you know, they actually want you to be on the film. So I mean, that's mainly it. Awesome. So what what's your advice for uh, people who breaking in somebody from college or somebody stepping into the profession what's your advice for getting into it's a competitive field I mean animation and live action I've heard is they're both pretty competitive but what's your I think in terms of being a good storyboard artist yeah I'd say you know people talk about um, having a good eye yeah and people talk about having good hands but I think the most important part of being a storyboard artist is to have good ears you have to listen and understand what the the director is wants. What what is it? You know what is it that they are? If they've got a vision for the movie, you have to be able to understand what he's saying, ask questions, find out what what he's trying to get across or she's getting across, and do that, and and then you know change it accordingly until to uh, to accommodate their vision. So um, that that's the most important thing. It's not about not necessarily about what you what you want, although sometimes they will ask your opinion. Yeah, but it's it's really about um, finding out what the director's vision is and and accommodating them that way. And you think that's sort of the secret to your long, longevity in, in think, storyboarding? I, I think that's why you know certain directors will, will call me back. Yeah. So um, and I think that's important. And you know it's also important to get your it's also important to get your name out. It's it's important to be a professional. Um, you know, don't be late. Make your deadlines. Treat people um, well, I think. Treat people well. Um, ask a lot of questions. Um, um, and just just show that you're willing to put yourself out there for them. So that's the main thing. Awesome. Anson, what's your well, I would agree with everything. That, I, I would agree with everything he says, but you know, I also teach. And I think one of the mis- misconceptions that a lot of um, artists, 
art students have about storyboarding is that oh this is this is where the non artists go. If you're not if you're not a really good good artist, you can get away with being a storyboard artist. If you look at some some of that stuff, it's, oh, it's really sloppy. No, it's not really sloppy. You really have to know how to draw well and know what you can leave out. And uh, um, people people come in into into uh, into this thinking, well, this is this is something that's going to be easy uh, because you know nobody, you know, it's not to be printed and things like that. But it, but but really, you really have to be able to know how, uh, how to draw well to know what not to draw and still be able to get your ideas across. It's about communicating your ideas. It's not how, about how pretty your drawings are. And you have to know what to leave in to leave out so that you can work rapidly and accurately. So, um, and you need to be able to, you know, it takes a lot to, of, of real knowledge in terms of drawing to, to more so, I think, than doing a painting in a certain sense. Because, you know, you're having to draw something from multiple angles and you have to know, well, what does, what does that, that particular building look like from this angle with this kind of a lens? And you have to do that automatically and do it very quickly. You don't have time to futz with it. So, so you have to be able to literally visualize, pre-visualize in your head what that looks like, if, it, the, ca if the camera's like, it's three feet off the ground and a real long lens and, and you know, the lighting is like so-and-so. You got to know what that looks like. Hmm. So um, it's important uh, to be able to draw pretty much anything. You have to be able to draw, you know, a car or a building or an animal or whatever it is, whatever they ask ask you for. You don't, they don't have time for you to draw something pretty, but but you have to be able to draw anything from any angle. So you have to be able to draw. You can't, you know, you can't fake it. Just because you see storyboards and they look kind of loose and sloppy doesn't mean that they can't draw. It just means that they're doing. A lot of them. A lot they, of panels. They're doing a lot of panels, and they're doing them very quickly. Thank you so much, guys. Where can I see your work, Benton? Um, I have an Instagram account, mm -hmm. Benton Jew. I'm also on DeviantArt. If you just type in my name, Google my name. Um, also, there's a Benton Jew Fans Facebook page that has a lot of my stuff, or maybe you can probably find me on Facebook. And then BentonJew.com is my official uh my official web page but that's still you know I'm reworking that one right now but um, it'll be up a, and again uh, fairly soon and also you can see my stuff uh, I have a, a table every year at Comic Con so I'm usually at DD20 DD like Daredevil 23 DD23 is usually where I'm at the Artist Alley so I'll have my new book there that you can pick up and um, and I could do sketches or whatever if you want to do a commission um, so yeah Anson, where can we find your work? Um, well, you can find my my portfolio site is at AnsonJew.com. Um, I occasionally uh, post to my blog, which is um, um, a guy named Jew.blogspot.com. Um, or you can go to my uh, uh, Anson Jew Illustration Facebook uh, page. Awesome. It was a real pleasure interviewing both you guys. Thank you for your time. Thank you. This Thank is you. the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles. This is Santosh Uman signing off. Hey, folks. Thank you for listening to our podcast on the Society of Illustrators of Los Angeles. We are on iTunes. And if you want to hear more episodes, you can hear us on iTunes. But we're also on SoundCloud. We are on Facebook and also YouTube and a couple of other places. If you want to find
are about connection, creation, and community. We are one of the largest artist community uh, and nonprofit organizations. We are well known for Illustration West, which is a competition that's been going on for 50 or 60 years. Where we have events, networking, and drink and draws, which are ours are called craft and draft, by the way. And um, we also have an Instagram to check us out, and we spotlight our new members. So come check us out at si-le.org and uh, check out us. Facebook fan page, Instagram, and our number of other social media 